Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. find yourself in a situation or a relationship that you know is bad for you, but you stay in it anyway, or maybe you don't even realize that you are doing it. This in simple terms is what self-sabotage looks like, especially if you've been hurt in a past relationship where you totally opened yourself up for love. And really, if you think about it, it's the brain's way of keeping you safe. It's keeping you safe because thinking if you pick something that you know won't work out anyway, you don't really have to get close to be hurt again or even take ownership of it. Self-sabotage keeps great people single. And this is something that I see all the time. And even with myself, and a lot of you have heard my story, I always throw myself under the bus, but fear is the biggest thing that keeps people from change. And that self-sabotage is generally an unconscious behavior, and it is your subconscious mind keeping you safe from being hurt again. In fact, if you've been hurt in love, then your subconscious mind sees love as unsafe and will do anything to protect you from the same pain. It can feel particularly frustrating as it appears, and you have no control over your actions. And self-sabotage as a term, sounds awful. I mean, no one wants to deliberately cause themselves pain or stop themselves from being happy. But the truth is, all behavior, good, bad, or indifferent, has a positive intent, even the ones that frustrate you or cause the pain. Although this instinct can be counterproductive in the area of love, it serves a purpose until it doesn't. And so here are some ways that I see, like when I'm working with my clients, how it shows up with dating. You might be judgmental towards others, but really that judgment is within yourself. And then you have like these high expectations that are difficult to meet. This, of course, keeps you safe and it pushes other people away eventually. It can show up how you treat people, you date through your words, through your actions. You see self-sabotage when you act in a way that you know is unacceptable with the aim to still see if the person will accept you. Like you'll actually do things and say, okay, now do you love me? Or now are you going to stay with me? It may even be very simple. Like you're just doing things to numb out. Like it could be drinking. It could be drugs. It could be a lot of sex. It could be saying hurtful things. It could be passive aggressive behaviors. All of these things are ways that you might self-sabotage. And I remember I was working with a client and she had so much self-sabotage and it was really impacting her ability to attract and stay in healthy relationships. When I began working with her, she was trying to wean off this guy that she was dating. He was extremely toxic for her. He was a little bit critical, abusive. He was emotionally distant. He would run hot and cold. And she actually was thriving on the hot and cold. That's partly what the attraction was. And she knew that he was bad for her, but still she was drawn to him. And here's the thing. I took her history, and as I always do, and I we figured out that growing up, She had a very emotionally distant family, highly abusive father who actually became violent. And so ultimately, she kept picking men who repeated a similar behavior. It just was familiar to her. And she didn't realize that this was actually keeping her safe because if she really allowed herself to get close to a healthy situation, it scared her more than what she knew already. 
And this is the thing she would beat herself up on. You know, it's like, I know this is bad for me, yet I still am drawn to it. So we had to do a lot of work around identifying those self-sabotaging behaviors, all the while building her self-worth. And it had to come from within. I mean, learning how to make emotional connections, expressing her feelings, being okay, being vulnerable, and seeing who showed up for her was crucial for the process. And then she started doing it. She started experiencing healthy relationships and dating, but she didn't trust it. She's like, this guy's too good. Like she was waiting for the ball to drop. And it took a while for that reprogramming to occur. What's crazy about it is if you're a self-sabotager, that's often when you get attracted to sabotagers. It almost like works hand in hand. And with me today, I have an amazing leader in helping people with sabotage. I cannot wait for this discussion. He's one of the world's most sought-after communications and executive consultants. Over the last 15 years, he has helped leaders at some of the most influential companies in the world realize daring pursuits, from building college campuses to addressing global wealth disparities. But more than this, he is also a survivor of leadership sabotage. I love that. His bout with betrayal himself, theft, and deceit cost him nearly $700,000 and threatened his livelihood in an unthinkable way. His story of resilience is inspiring, and I'm sure he'll share more about it, and fuels his mission to help leaders unlock the next levels of their leadership. He's been seen all over the place. I mean, he's been on CNN, The Today Show, Fox News, and he's the author of an amazing book. It's called Sabotage. And he has helped create lasting impact for some of the world's most trusted brands like Apple, Apollo, JP Morgan, Chase, and a whole lot more. So welcome, Brandon Wilson. Are you there? Thank you so much for having me, Cam. This is going to be fun. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this. I mean, what you do is so needed and amazing. And I do want to hear your story because I read a little bit about you, but we always are our own best teachers every single time. It sounds like you have a story behind. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to hear it. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, thank you for having me on this important podcast. And my hope is to share with your audience something that helps them to start building relationships that align and support their dreams. I want to start from a place of care first, before I even talk about who I am, what I do and I just want to let you know that I care about your audience. And so I will do everything in my power today to give them practical, actionable things to start improving the quality of the relationships that they build in their personal lives and in their professional lives. So just wanted to say that out loud. I love that. And I feel that about you. Like the minute you said hello, I immediately liked you and connected with you. And it's something that I talk to my clients about. I mean, sometimes we get so caught up in just the facts and what we're supposed to be doing, even with dating. I see this happen all the time. Like the men and women have their checklist that they're going to interview the person on a date. And then it just doesn't become a real interaction. And I just feel that you're just so present and real. And I think my audience already feels that. So that, that is awesome. I'll start by sharing. Thank you for reading that bio. But in a quick sentence, what I specialize in is helping organizations and leaders identify the barriers in their lives or organizations that stop them from fulfilling really audacious and bold pursuits. I'm almost a leadership caddy, if you will, where I say that tree right there is going to block your ball if it's not going to make it to the hole. (laughs) (laughs) This club. 
And in our lives, we have these blind spots and these things and these tools that we utilize all the time because we're comfortable with them. But sometimes they may not be the right tools for the job that we need to get done. And because I've helped build organizations, because I've helped organizations make global impact, one of the things that I've learned working with a variety of different kinds of leaders is that every company, every organization, every pursuit is the byproduct of high quality or poor quality relationships. That's it. If you only view leadership professionally, you have a very narrow view of leadership. Leadership is simple at best. It's the ability to identify people and build relationships with people who support each other in order to do something bigger and greater than what we can achieve on our own. And so when we reach the acme of leadership, per that definition, we tap into the power of collective impact. And collective impact is the acme of leadership. It is going after things that are so precious and yet so sweepingly impactful that it takes a community of folks who love each other and who believe each other and who support one another in order to fulfill those things. The bad news is that a lot of us lack the skills or the equipment needed to build the kind of relationships needed to do that, not just in our professional lives, but also in our personal lives. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that robs us of that ability is sabotage. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And I wrote a book about it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it is an amazing study. My book is perhaps the most comprehensive study on the subject. And I was a victim of it. And I have clients who were victims of it. And on an interview tour, just meeting with leaders and hearing story after story after story of personal and professional sabotage. And I sort of unpacked all of the lessons that I learned. Listen, Kim, nobody wakes up or woke up this morning and said, man, you know what I want to have? I want to have a mediocre relationship. Right. (laughs) Wow. It is fantastic that I am in an abusive relationship. This is exactly what I dreamed, that place I would dream I would be. Or man, the person who called my spouse or my life partner consistently throws me under the bus. I love it. I love it. But yet people find themselves in those relationships, right? But when we were kids, we told ourselves that we would be married to Prince Charming or the queen of the world, that somebody would be supportive of us, that we would find that person who would propel us forward and we them, that they would give me back the love that I have given to them. But over the duration of life, something happens that resets our expectation. And that is we experience the realities of betrayal, of theft, and deceit, and not having the tools to address those different things that steal our dreams from us. It allows that sabotage to become an expectation that we have in our own lives. And then it also becomes an expectation that we inadvertently introduce into the relationships that we build. So I want to talk about how we get over that hump and let's talk about a really practical definition of what sabotage is and what it seeks to take from our pursuit at building meaningful relationships that help us get after our dreams. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that about the expectations because the high expectations is a form of self-sabotage too. 
knowing that you can never really achieve it, that also keeps you safe. Say, oh, well, that can't happen anyway. And then the pendulum effect occurs and you may go all the way to the other side and then do things to sabotage it anyway. So the expectation, I definitely want to dive into that. But before that, I was curious because you kind of sprinkled upon your own experiences with self-sabotage. Like, I don't know, again, our own stories shape us. Like, were there significant things that happened to you along the way with self-sabotage that really got you to that point where like, I need to do something? Yeah. And so my story is interesting. I'll keep it brief. And it pains me to talk about it every time because of how jarring the experience was. But I'm not regrettable about having it because it led me to really studying its behavior. But around 2012, my company, Communications Consultancy, was doing great. I mean, we were making, a lot, by my standards, a lot of money. I sat down with my wife and I said, listen, it's just the two of us, but I want to build a family with you. And I want to make sure that our child has the best school system possible, which means we need to prepare to move to a better neighborhood and have a larger home. And so we built out a plan to do that. And one of the plans for doing that or strategies was to start acquiring other communications consultancies. And so I got a phone call from a friend of mine and said, hey, one of my mentors has a guy who's looking to sell his company. And it just so happens to be a pretty reputable company. I knew of the company. And it had some things about it that was attractive to me. And I said, well, let's do it. We met. We hit it off. He was an older, stately guy. And I allowed myself to be put in a mentor, kind of mentee relationship with him. But really what I was after, let's be very clear about this. What I was after was achieving my personal goals. And I needed money to do those things. Like I needed money to move. I needed money to buy that house. I needed money. And this was an opportunity to provide me with an experience that would lead to an additional million dollars to my my net worth. So I said, okay, let's take it. So he called, I answered the phone. And I said, all right, I have to endure this mentor-mentee relationship. It became a very imbalanced relationship, endured it because of the end. I said, I can survive this because I can get to the end. And one of the things that was really bad about that imbalanced relationship, I tricked myself into start taking poor advice from the imbalanced relationship. And now it started to do things that really impacted my life. And the bad advice was, is if you're going to buy this company, I don't want you to buy the debt. Why don't you buy the assets? And so just establish a third company with me. And this is the company you will buy and start putting your monies into this third entity. It's called an asset sale. It's a real thing. But my legal counsel said it's not time to do this. It's premature. We're still doing due diligence. But I believe so much in the reality of the gold mine at the end of this tunnel that I jumped to it and I started taking this poor advice. Started putting money into this third entity, paying money, paying money, paying money, and merged our staff together. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And about two years or a year and a half after I put a lot of money into doing the due diligence, I get a call from my attorney and I go to his office and he says, listen, that third entity doesn't exist. Where is your money going? Oh, it was a gut check. And it was a lot of money that I had put into this company that never was. Now it's time to separate. And then my saboteur revealed himself for who he really was. And that's a bully. And bullying is a type of saboteur, which I'll talk about before we close. And he refused to sign the separation papers. And I remember sitting in his office with him 
And this is the last conversation we had face to face. And he said, you're going to keep giving me your money because it's my money. Is what he said. And I told him I'm not. And he was a well-connected guy and a lot of political connections. And he said, well, if you choose not to give me any more of my money, I'm going to kill your wife. And what? he leans back in his chair and looks into the sky and he starts pointing in the air like, yeah, that's it. And he said, hey, and I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it. And he leans up and he says, if you don't want to give me any more of your money, this is how I'm going to kill your wife. I am going to call the buddies that I have down at the police department. I'm going to get trumped up charges against you. And I know if they arrest you, you have the money to get out. Because that's not what I'm at. You got my money. You can bail yourself out, he said, sort of half jokingly. He said, but what I want to do is get a mugshot of you so that I could circulate it all around town and blackball you from the business world. And it's going to do two things to your wife. It's going to embarrass her because her friends are going to know she's married to a crook. And the second thing is going to rob your home and your dreams of the finances that you need in order to grow. And we're going to suffocate the life out of your personal relationship. Oh, M.G. <laughs> wow. I just felt like I listened to a movie. Like, I cannot believe that happened. Yeah, I fought back and survived and had the means to do it, the incredible legal support to do it. My staff, my team members were incredible. They stuck with me throughout the separation and all of the threats and everything that was happening. So my company stayed intact. My clients stayed with me. But most importantly, I chose a wife who supported my dreams. And she supported me through it all. And that's the foundation of getting up again and actually pursuing something else. And we are better for it. And we now have that house. We now have that school system. We now have that little baby. She's a three-year-old jewel. Now her name is Kenny. And my story is a testament to... What you can achieve and realize once you understand that sabotage in the form of betrayal, theft, and deceit, or any other form, it's overcomable. It doesn't have to stop you or limit you from actually reaching the dreams that you have for yourself. So use me as an example if there's ever any doubt that you can't get out of that abusive relationship and be okay on the other end. Oh my God, yeah. And I want to comment too that you said something really interesting embedded in your story. You said at one point, I saw the signs, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to survive. I'm going to do this. Like how many times, especially when you're used to being in like kind of sabotaging situations, do you stay in something? And I find that a lot of times there's this people pleasing thing that goes along with sabotage that it's like, no, I want to make it okay. I'm going to make this work. I think it's partly why a lot of people stay in abusive relationships because it also means that if anyone knows and this fails, that I failed. It's like that fighting thing that you want. That really struck me. And I think that happens a lot too with dating and relationships. But the other thing that you said is that at the end, you fought. Like you saw that you deserve something better. And I think there's so many times that people fall victim and then they thrive on being the victim. I chose me. Right? Like I chose myself. Now, it was easy. It's easy to choose the money. And it's easy to choose the business. And it's easy to choose the relationship. And it's easy to choose the politics, the political influence that you could gain. But what does it matter if you lose you? Like Damn. if you lose yourself. And that was a realization for me. And it helped me to realize that if I am okay, then we are okay. Everything that I touch is okay. 
And it stops you from positioning yourself to acquire the tools of the saboteurs and becoming a self-saboteur and start using them against yourself. Listen, a reality is that sabotage happens in our lives because other people do things to us. But it is equally true that most of the sabotage, the betrayal, the theft, and deceit Mm -hmm. happens because we sabotage ourselves and we choose relationships where we allow ourselves to be sabotaged. And there are four things that people can look for whenever they want to identify whether sabotage is in our lives or close to How did you know I was just going to ask that? (laughs) (laughs) It is the synergy. Right? I was just about to say, and what are those signs? There are four things that if you are out looking for available to building relationships that support your dreams, to know that you are in a place where you are probably vulnerable to sabotage, there are four things to look for that you can physically see. So what I'm about to say next gives you the equipment. It's almost a superpower to see betrayal, theft, and deceit before it comes into your Oh my gosh. So I I can hear everybody getting out their paper and pencil. (laughs) I have my pen right now. Go. (laughs) Yeah. So what I've learned in my study, and it's in the book, we call these the four horsemen of sabotage. And not in any particular order. The first horseman is jealousy. It's someone in your life or around your network or in a relationship with you. And you may be that person who says, why is it that Jane always get A, B, and C? Did you see what the neighbor did? They just bought a new car. They can't afford that. I can't, you know. If that happens, what you're confronting is the horseman of jealousy. And jealousy is hatred disguised as anything but. It is, I hate that this person is gaining things because a life is a fixed pie. Wait, just for my audience, why does she get the guy? She doesn't even look that great. Why <laughs> Why is he getting all the women? Like, what has he got that I don't have? You know, like Absolutely. that kind of, uh-huh. okay. Absolutely. Or even worse, why do you think you're so hot? Nobody else wants you. And I'm in a relationship with you. And I say that, right? And what I'm doing is, is creating an environment where there is a zero-sum game for you, that you try to get you not to leave because that's one less person who will accept me. So I'm going to sabotage you. If that person gets the girl in the party, then there's less women for him to have. Or if that person gets... So it's a fixed pie mentality. And jealousy is the most misunderstood of the four horsemen because Mm -hmm. we think we know it but there are actually levels to jealousy. And if we don't address it at its root, it becomes covetedness, which these are these activities that gives action to those words. I give you two mm-hmm. examples. One example is a person in your circle saying to you because they're jealous, you don't need to pursue that new opportunity or that new job or go to that place or go out to go get a better guy. You don't need to do that. And if it's not addressed, it escalates to covetedness where now I literally start hiding events from you, places for you to meet new guys. Like I start physically cold. And at the end of the day, that saboteur will wake up and literally go out and do 
that thing that they're telling you not to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I so know. And this yeah. relates, by the way, I love that you mentioned that because I always say, if you don't have a good set of wing gals or wing guys, I mean, just because they're single doesn't mean that they're good for you either because they could actually sabotage your singleness. <laughs> Absolutely. And part of the role of saboteurs, one way is in the book is to become a trusted advisor to you mm-hmm. and almost a gatekeeper of opportunities to you. Do you think I need to wear this? Do you think I need it? And that is a position that a lot of saboteurs want to be in so that they can seek to limit you. But the other horseman is arrogance. Arrogance is another horseman that needs no introduction. It introduces itself. It is a force that's driven by ambition to the point that it has a lack of regard and self-awareness for how their activities impact those around them. Like it's all about getting to that next level, getting to that next thing, getting to the next conquest. And if you find yourself in a position with someone who is arrogant, you'll know it because they perceive any criticism as a personal affront. AKA narcissists. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You say it, I diagnose it. Okay, go on. That's awesome. They're very narcissistic. (laughs) The other horseman is lying. And lying, that kind of dishonesty has levels. There's lying to say, hey, don't look at me. I want to keep doing what I need to do. I want to preserve my present here. So that's one form. Mm. The other form of lying is lying to harm others. Uh-huh. And so they're two for their levels to lying. And so lying as a force, we know what that is. And I don't believe that there's no such thing as a small lie. I think, I think they're all big because they position you to make decisions with inadequate or insufficient information. And so it's hard for you to make decisions about what things you want to pursue in a relationship with somebody else because they're not giving you the adequate information needed to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately you end up sacrificing or sabotaging the pursuits that you have together in your relationship because that person is withholding or not giving you accurate information. Oh, that's so good. Because people ask me all the time, like, what are the signs of a narcissist? What are the signs of someone who's emotionally unavailable? And like, there's a lot of truth to discovering just the dynamics of some of that, you know, so it's great. And the last of the four horsemen is seduction. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seduction is a force of sabotage. Seducers, whether it be intimate or platonic, exist to invite us into something exhilarating. And so to do that, I have to, I have to be well manicured, have a grand story, have to do things that speak to what your interests are. And I'm not really intrigued in what we are doing, more so than I am intrigued by these saboteurs who are driven by seduction. They love getting you to go along for the ride with them. That's the entire ruse here. It's like a high for them. It's a high. Uh So you find people who in relationships, they always have to go after the next conquest because it's not about the destination for them. And they also don't believe that the ends are justified by the means. It's however we get there. And the more 
salacious it is, the closer it gets to being unethical, the closer it gets to getting you to do something outside of your value principles or your set of values, the more intoxicated this force becomes because it's more of a challenge to get you to say, yes, I will get in that car and go with you. And with all of those four things that you just said, I love that. So just jealousy, arrogance, lying, and seduction. As a therapist, I'd listen to this and it's like, really at the end of the day, there's an emptiness with people who do that. And they do these things and to try to fill a void that's deep within inside. And the motivation is to feel something or get something that they never had early on. It's very powerful what you're saying. Yeah, it is. But there are actually eight motivations for sabotage. Uh-huh. I'll share with you two of them that, okay. that speaks to what you you said. One is imaginative ideation. Yeah. So people, they've curated these grand personas that they have to hold together with glue of lies. Because if they are found out, then you will see them for who they really are. And Mm -hmm. so I have to continue to lead you on these trails or get you to go on my rides or my journeys as seducers or continue to give you insufficient information or continue to rob, get in a position of advisor to you to rob you of opportunities for fear that you may get the lenses to see the inadequacies in my life. So that's one form. And the other one is an act of altruism, where there are actually people who believe that getting you not to do the things that you want to do is actually helping you. And they're mission-driven, actually. That's a very strong force. I mean, they mm-hmm. believe that you have to stay with me. If you leave, you will be nothing. And they believe it with so much conviction. And it propels forward a set of sabotaging behavior because they view it as a way of protecting you by keeping you. I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier with a young lady on there about not being able to have or find and keep meaningful relationships. And she said something really interesting to you during that podcast. She said, I can find great relationships, but I have a hard time finding someone I can keep. Yeah. That word keep is really, really important here. Like keep, almost a collector of things and of people. And we all want to keep certain things of value. And sometimes those people who are propelled for to sabotage by this act of altruism, they almost are have convinced themselves that they need to keep you in their relationships and to use betrayal, theft, and deceit to do that because it helps you. This is so, so good. And I know we're running short in time, but I would love to hear, because I can hear some people like taking notes and saying, oh my God, yes, that's me. Met all these guys or girls, like that kind of thing. But then they get to the point, but what do I do about it? Because I just keep finding myself getting stuck in that loop. And and even like with your own journey, like what would you say to people? How can they take the steps to get out of something like this? Actually, I've created what we call the spectrum of vulnerability to self-sabotage. And so I think the first thing is identifying where you are on that spectrum. Like what is it that is leading you? to choose relationships or to remain in relationships with others or yourself that lead to you sacrificing or sabotaging the dream life you had as a child. And there are a couple of things. One is Mm -hmm. self-doubt. Is it that you don't believe in your own efficacy? 
And it's important to understand what lived experiences have you had? What relationship did you have with authority figures as a child that leads you to not believing that you can do alone? I want to be in a relationship not with someone who needs me, but with someone who wants me. Bam. Yes. But I have to first want myself. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not easy. (laughs) And that's not easy. And so believing in your abilities is that start. When you go along that spectrum, sometimes you may encounter fear of success. Yeah. So we'll stay where we are and we'll try to hold on to the ever fleeting present because we're fearful of the unknown that comes with success. And we're fearful of the responsibilities that come with greater. So if I married someone else who's equally as powerful and influential as I am, we now can do twice as much as I could do for myself. But I'm scared of that place. Mm -hmm. So I have to hold one of the parties back to keep us where we were when we first met. Think about that. If we could find out what is making you fearful of that success, then we could diagnose it. And then the third is complacency, keeping us from achieving our best lives. And complacency is a sitting in now, not pursuing greater or better for our lives, because in order to get to that place where we can achieve greater and better and have our best lives, it takes us to a place where we don't understand what's required to be successful in that that world. And so we end up being complacent, but I want to define complacent in a separate way of just being where you are. Complacency is defined as an over-index self-satisfaction. So we are self-satisfied. We become satisfied with who we are and what we have right now that we sacrifice everything else. And if you want to come in my life and get me to move to something else, I have to trip you up because I want to stay satisfied to where I am right now. And so the first thing to do is to figure out where you are on that spectrum and then diagnose it. And then the way to avoid or minimize self-sabotage from your life is to curate a positive self-identity, to start seeing yourself as a winner and as a finisher and as somebody who honors their commitments. And then in closing, this is really important. It is important to note that, Kim, of all the people you help, the one thing that's going to keep them going forward and continuing to practice what you share with them and building meaningful relationships is understanding that disappointment is a real thing, that you're going to be disappointed. And what disappointment is, and this is the last sort of few pages in my book, disappointment translates from a Latin perspective to ill appointed expectations. And so the cure to reducing disappointment in your life is identifying the things we are allowing to appoint or to assign our expectations and then getting our expectations out of those banks and putting them in our own control. And there are three things that assign our expectations often. One is the lives of others. We look at what others do and say, they're happy in their relationship. That's what I need to be doing. No, that's what they do for their relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that ultimately leads to disappointment. The second one is making decisions based on fantasy and imagination. These are the folks who find themselves being consummate 
victims of catfish because they fill in the vacuums of why the car keeps breaking down when we're about to get together with mm-hmm. fantasy and imagination. Or they tell themselves that this is the last time that she will abuse me or that he will hit me. And tomorrow he's going to be Prince Charming and she's going to be the perfect person. Like those are imagination. And we allow ourselves to continue to be disappointed by sitting in that fantasy and that imagination. And then the third is inadequate information. We make decisions about life partners, about personal or intimate partners without allowing ourselves a chance to get sufficient or adequate information to make decisions about the spouses or the people we okay, choose. Okay, I got to like highlight that one. You listening to this, do you hear what he just said? <laughs> the reason why I'm punching that last one out is because it relates to people's vetting process. And I see this happen all the time on Bumble and Tinder and all the dating apps is, is what you just said. They'll take one little thing and they'll make a hypothesis Oh, there he is again, or there she is again. Oh no, I'm not touching. Like it's this is it leads to disappointment. Yes, leads to disappointment. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) and you're not alone. Ninety eight percent of the people in the world living lives that's less than their dream lives, and the two percent have figured it out. And so this hopefully helps your audience member move closer to joining that two percent. Oh, this helps so much, and you have to make sure you get his book. Like this is fantastic stuff. And one last thing I'll say about what you just said too. I think like dealing with disappointment is, isn't there like a resiliency that comes from that too? Because if you learn to experience disappointment over and over and over again, that's when you start saying, but that all doesn't matter because I have myself. That's right. And it's not anything but that. Absolutely. And as long as you know that disappointment is a reality that will happen inevitably, Mm-hmm. Then you allow yourself not to be a victim of disappointment, but a student within it. A like student. The, yes. A I student love that. within it. And so you will never be disappointed again, as long as you know that every time you have a chance to make a decision about the relationships you are building, that is also an opportunity for you to learn how to become a better version of yourself as you pursue the best version of your life. I was going to ask you for the last words of wisdom, but you just said it. <laughs> like, like, bam. I mean, you've had many gold nuggets here today, but I'd love for you to share with everyone. How can they find you? How can they get your book and all of that stuff? BrandonWilson.co. BrandonWilson.co is how you can learn about the book. You can click buy now. It'll take you to Amazon. There's an audio book. There's an ebook. It's a paperback version. But at BrandonWilson.co, you can also do something else. You can also get time on my calendar, 30 minutes, no strings attached, just to call me and to share with me some of the barriers or obstacles that are in your life that's stopping you from doing bold and audacious things. And one of those things may be building relationships. And I will share with you the benefit of my nearly 20 years of experience and my study of betrayal, theft, and deceit to be your caddy for unlocking that dream life. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. And I mean, I could go on and on with you. (laughs) So this is great. And we'll probably have you back on again because there's so much more to unpack too, but definitely pick up his book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's been a joy. 
And thanks for joining me today. You listening, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Make sure you go to my site, kimmyseltzer.com. And if you want to stop self-sabotaging behaviors and attract healthy love, sign up first with Brandon, then hop over and do a call with me. And then you got a one-two punch. (laughs) You'll get lots of juicy tips and I will help you kind of just build out a roadmap and a love plan that can build out your own dating network and love life. So remember, it starts with you and working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 